Next up on Visual Wow. You have the live event stuff down. Now you're just putting, injecting the virtual world into that environment. It's almost like you're, you have to look at people as your viewers or your audience or instead of just attendees as a guest. You need a story arc. What is the reason someone listens to your show week after week? You become the story, your mission becomes the story, your life becomes the story, your progress becomes the story. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Visual Wow. The podcast for people passionate about live events. We're obsessed with creating and capturing those wow moments. This is the place the top pros come to share their secrets. Now, here's your hosts, Jack Hartsman and Monica Vidal. Welcome back, Visual community. I'm Jack Hartsman, your host, and happily here with Monica, my wife and partner in crime. And today's guests are none other than Doug Sandler and JJ Flazanes, uh, podcast masters of their own right. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome, guys. JJ Flazanes. I, I, like, I was going to let ladies go first. I, you know, seriously. I'm trying to practice this whole thing of JJ's like, chivalry? You know, guys, guys <laughs> just kind of like, Jump no, what was it? I, I probably because I have more feminine in me, I just jump into the conversation. I just interrupt in the middle of it. I'll just somebody has a thought and I have another thought that happens, and I'm just like, Well, my thought is really important right now. So I'm gonna introduce it right now. So I thought well, was it was that Jack different... saying all that or Doug? Oh, it's the same. Okay. Oh, I was just I was just going to maybe just let you go first and and maybe just let the, the conversation unfold. And when I'm needed, somebody will ask me to say something. <laughs> Welcome Not... to the show, Doug. Yay! Thanks, Jack. Hey, Doug, Thanks, Monica. Welcome to the show, everybody. And to the listening audience, uh, we owe uh, just about every single bit of the Visual Out podcast to the two people we are interviewing today. Uh, Doug and JJ have been our guiding lights in the podcast world. Uh, and the fact that they can't figure out who's supposed to speak first just kind of shows you how our relationship and the podcast industry has evolved. So let's try this one more time. Okay. Our guests today are Doug Sandler, turnkeypodcast.com. Nice guys on business. JJ Flazanes, fit to love, uh, uh, spirit, purpose, and energy. Thank you for all the pointers back there. And, about and my 20... favorite, empowerment strategist. Yeah, uh, oh, these are yeah. two... Super people, great podcasting coaches, great podcasting podcasting mentors. Guys, Doug, JJ, welcome to the show. JJ, you go first. Well, thank you, Jack and Monica, for having us here. You know, what throws podcasters off is video because all of a sudden we're staring at each other versus trying you to go. not no, have any go. dead no, space. So no, that would go. be that would be my excuse for why we weren't right on top of that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll use that as my excuse. I, I just appreciate being here. I thought that JJ is definitely the, uh, I, as you said, Jack, just earlier, look, I might've introduced you to podcasting, but you fell in love with podcasting because it's easy to fall in love with JJ. So that's how it got started. Wow. That is a very interesting lead in. Um, right. For those that don't know, because we do mention Doug often and JJ occasionally on the show, uh, we are all good friends. Uh, we have known each other for a long time. There has been wine and other alcohol involved in our relationship, so we do get a little tongue-tied sometimes. We will leave out the details on that. And let's move forward. Yes, I'm ready to move. Uh, that is awesome. So uh, to the listening audience, uh, we went out to visit our friends JJ and Doug in their glorious castle that they have in, uh, in Los Angeles to see how the life uh, of podcasters, what it was all about. 
I know Doug from the Washington talent world, DJ extraordinaire. We've been in the event business together for way too long, uh, many decades. And, uh, and JJ entered his life and that became us liking Doug even more. Uh, <laughs> we went, <laughs> we went out to Los Angeles to see how to live the virtual life. And ironically, here we are 40 episodes in and over 3000 downloads ahead and the very first broadcast that we are doing Gosh. recorded out of our own home uh, studio or patio while Monica and I are, uh, are in Savannah, Georgia right now in a hotel room. Here we are broadcasting and recording with our friends, Doug and JJ. I, I just, let me just add something to that. So you're 40 episodes in, didn't you just start like last week? <laughs> uh, ironically, well, but wait, what is today's date? Today is the 18th day of November. August and Doug, 18th what day did we your... launch? We launched oh. on the 18th day of August, oh my which was gosh. 90 days ago. It's still crazy to think that you have 40 episodes. I mean, if you take a chapter out of the first uh, Nice Guys on Business podcast, probably about 90 days in, we probably had about maybe 20 episodes that we had completed. We hadn't even started to go to two, three, four, or even five episodes, which is where we were at our busiest. But man, oh man, Jack and Monica, congratulations. 30 plus episodes, three or 40 plus episodes, 3,000 3, downloads. It, it literally took us probably six months to get to 3,000 downloads. So good job. It, it seems like it's been so much longer and yet so much less at the same time. It's crazy. So, Doug, very out of my character, as I've said to you before, or when we started in this process with you and, and turnkeypodcast.com, was that I was not going to try to recreate the wheel. I was not going to jackism everything I know best. Uh, you have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt you knew what you were doing. Uh, and and I, I hope you're proud of us that we really did take everything you said and really uh, took it to heart. And then once JJ started her input, we listened to her more. So, oh, no doubt. As you, as you should have. Amen. <laughs> so this is going to be the JJ admiration party that uh, between JJ and Kajabi, what else does one need in life? Well, let me just add this. I don't blame you for following her, especially since monetization is something that I know is on your on your near term future look. I mean, JJ has a program or, or has a, uh, I'll let her tell the details, but it's basically six figures in six weeks from her podcast only. I mean, I've watched this entire thing unfold in the last probably seven weeks now. And, uh, it is incredible to watch this woman in action when it comes to podcasts. It's incredible to watch her in any action, but specifically the podcasting space. Holy shit. So <laughs> That's all I got to say. It's a, a mentoring conversation. Why don't we start? Because we could just turn this into a, a public mentoring conversation and, and just make it a turnkey uh, episode. But, but short of doing that, why don't we actually turn the conversation to JJ and say, uh, we knew you when you were thinking about this and clearly whatever you've done seems to have really and truly come to fruition because when I've talked to Doug about it off camera, his basic adjective is, wow, comma, OMG, exclamation, exclamation. How did you do it? How did you come up with the idea? How has it developed for you? Well, I have so much information that I was interested in sharing with clients, teaching, learning, and I didn't know what like the universe and the world wanted from me because I had my own clients, but they wanted fitness and nutrition and weight loss. They weren't as interested in the psychology, although everyone thinks they want mindset. They think mindset is some clean, uh, think like this 
it's not messy emotionally. So people want mindset, but that, that wasn't what I wanted to share. And so when I started my show, as I think you guys know, Fit to Love was a six day a week show and it was video and audio. And I was producing six episodes a week for a long time. And it was because I was putting out all this content. And also my podcast became a way for me to archive my content. It was so that I don't have to say it 20 times. I'm going to record the show. And I still, to this day, always refer back to episodes I've done as teaching tools for clients with mastermind members. And I think that that passion and purpose of just getting the information out there, people can feel that I'm actually really trying to help them. And I'm not saying that other people aren't, but I believe that when people start a podcast, a lot of the times they're thinking money first, and they're thinking it's this open space. They're not necessarily thinking of a specific person they're talking to. They're not necessarily thinking of a specific pain that person has. It's like, have a show, interview interesting people, have a conversation. And there's like, there's no long game strategy. And that's what I see a lot of people have. And so once uh, Fit to Love had two seasons and 350 episodes, while my downloads were good, they weren't great. And I only had a few people reaching out. And I thought, mm, I actually really like my own show. Like I would listen to it multiple times because of the information. I give a lot of information, a lot of education, a lot of tools that people can use and get benefit from without ever having to work with me. And so when I'm listening back to some of the episodes thinking, Mike, and I was like, this is really good. What is the problem? And my intuition said, they can't find you. You're trying to stick, like I'm actually like specific subject matter expert in a lot of different things. And to put all of those different things under one brand didn't work. And no, it could work fine maybe in time. I mean, people still listen to Fit to Love and they still find it and they still start there. But when I rebranded and, and I let go of this idea that I needed to have one show and now I had six shows, it, it just happened. Like keywords, it just sort of happened. So, you know, besides the marketing of your show and getting people to listen to your show, uh, I think the long-term strategy is for me, it was help people leverage scale with the information and, and talk about and do what I want to do. Not what people tell me I should do. Not what others are saying. Well, you're known for this. I was named best personal trainer in Los Angeles in 2007 by Lee Travel Magazine. Oh, you should stay in the personal training space. Oh, you were featured in this magazine. You should, you should do personal training. Stay in that lane. And I was like, I don't want to stay in that lane. That's one piece of many things that I do. And so basically it's, it's half listen to your intuition and the other half is have a strategy and a plan and, and, a, and a vision. And my vision was I wanted to get people into all of the different things I was teaching, but I didn't know what the entry point was. I thought it was single people. Oh, single people will want to know all these things to make their lives better. And it ended up being that the right people for me, which I should have understood and known, but of course, law of attraction taught me otherwise, were people that want to talk about law of attraction. So my entry point is spirituality, law of attraction, astrology, numerology, intuition, and then they want the rest of it. Then they want the health piece and the relationship piece and the stress management piece. So I've just been building this, this momentum over time and creating what my people need. They want help. If I don't have it, I make it. And, that's, and then I also check in with what's good for me and what's an integrity for me. You know, and it's funny because I, just what you said at the beginning, I find myself going back onto your episodes and just reviewing and, you know, listening to it over and over again, especially since we've been having a little more time in our hands and we've been bike riding and, you know, I should be listening to probably others, but I 
like I said, I am focusing on you or uh, not even Doug. Sorry, Doug. I don't. That's okay. Know, it's yours. But, uh, <laughs> I, fo- it, it I focus on JJ of, too. <laughs> <laughs> it has a lot of that information that, you know, resonates with me. Yeah, um, and I think that listening to both you and Doug, I, I love the way you guys balance and complement each other, but you guys are also standing tall in your own space. And I think that that is something that Jack and I, being new to this platform, are still trying to figure it out. Because, you know, I might say, oh, you should do this. And he'll tell me I should do that. And so what you're saying is, is really ringing so true to what we're going through, through our journey. And I think that we'll, we'll figure that out. You know, we'll, it, it'll get better as, or different or, you know, solidify itself as it goes on. Yeah. And we'll I'd figure out, and we'll figure out that the secret to success is gluten free and dairy free too. And we just haven't <laughs> completely made the commitment, but we're working on it. I will, let me add this because, uh, and I agree, gluten free and gluten free. Easy for me to say, gluten free and dairy free have been uh, definitely a part of the, uh, the the health success. But let me go back to something that JJ said because I think that this is where most podcasters probably in the early stages they miss out, uh, and that is having some kind of plan. You know, not to just get on and share a message. Uh, I think that that probably, if there was anything that held up our success with the nice guys on business, and now we're, you know, almost twelve hundred episodes in, and you know, nearly four million downloads later. But early on in the game, it took us seventeen or eighteen months to really start to figure out what our plan is. So we struggled because we didn't have an agenda. And then the other thing that I find that JJ does exceptionally well is the reuse and recycle and regeneration of her content as a training tool, as a learning tool, as an educational tool for her community. So if she does a show on, you know, getting past emotional blocks or figuring out what your wounds are as, as you know, as, as a child, she won't, spend time on the phone or on Zoom with someone sharing that content, she'll refer them back to an episode and pick up right where that content left off. And I think that that's the key with building trust with with a community is get them to tune in to your show so that they can hear what you're all about and then be able to use that as a tool for helping you educate your community even more. It's it's a tool that's, used, that's being used to not only educate your community, but to help gain additional trust in them. So again, I, I, I watched this happen. I've witnessed this over the last several years and it's just amazing to, to watch the process in place. Well, like a picture is worth a thousand words, right? You, a picture tells a story, a visualization has a story to it and has multiple versions of that story. I think that it's something I, when we started doing our podcast mastermind, it was, it, there were words I didn't have to refer back to myself, but I created them in thinking about how to explain what I was doing with clients is that you need a story arc. What is the reason someone listens to your show week after week? If you are not an episodic show, if you're not a serial show, sorry, if you're not a serial show where you're telling a story and that story continues on and on every, every week, you're, you become the story. You become the story, your mission becomes the story, your life becomes a story, your progress becomes the story. And I think without knowing it, I do a lot of things intuitively. And then someone says, hey, you did this thing. Did you know you were following this thing? I'm like, no. 
I just did it. And then I go, Oh, I did that. Okay, cool. It worked. Cause I'm not taking the, I'm not following a cookie cutter program. I'm literally just, again, using my intuition to feel into the reason why I did any of this. And besides like really good information for people like Monica, you're talking about like there's information, but there's still a story arc. I mean, I, I, so we have a new show that's launched, but we're officially launching it on December 2nd sales training for podcasters. And my, and I literally, I'm like paper and pencil girl and I'm an eraser girl because this is my, this is my production schedule for the next couple of months on my show, which I've had to change and re like put things in different places, but I'm always like scheduling out months in advance. And yesterday as I was editing the other show, sales training for podcasters, I was wow. making my list of we're, we're set. It's currently November. Our show doesn't officially launch till December, even though it's out right now. Um, but I have a schedule through February 10th in terms of the content and why, like if you ask me just like in personal training, the difference uh, for me as a trainer versus other people is that I'm so interested in understanding exactly what I'm doing and why that you could ask me. And I used to threaten my clients and say, ask me because they do it out of order. If I gave them homework or something and I'm like, wait a minute, I put it in order for a reason. And if you, you want to ask me why you're doing the form you're doing, the weight you're doing, the order you're doing it, how long you're doing it, when you're doing it, I can answer every single question. And if I can't, then I shouldn't be recommending it to you. So when it comes to the podcast, there is an order to like my mindset of like, why am I putting this show at this time? For me, I have a breath work show coming out next week. And that show is because for people that are stressed out, the breath work is really easy to implement right away. It's free. There's nothing you have to buy in order for you to utilize that during Thanksgiving time. If you're going to go shopping, you know what I mean? So having the story arc, having a strategy, having a plan. And then if you don't have if you're not on a journey that you're sharing vulnerably with your audience, then you need some kind of buildup, some kind of story arc, some kind of reason and buy-in that they keep listening every week. I, I, you know, it's, it is the authenticity, JJ, that you were just speaking of that it, it resonates so uh, on point with us. The most listened to episode we have had was actually not about events and not about photography. It was a three minute birthday wish I gave to my dad and, and how we all got here. And uh, so I, I think that, and by the way, you have not lost a fan in Deanna, by the way, because whenever we talk too much about podcasts at the dinner table and Deanna gets tired of hearing about visual wow, she goes, and by the way, if you guys don't want to listen to Jack and Monica talk, Check out JJ Vazanes because anything she talks about is better than what they talk about. Oh boy. Sorry, Doug. <laughs> Doug, you don't even make the conversation. Thanks, okay. Deanna. I think Sorry. that also, you know, visualization and strategizing is is where Jack and I are trying to get to. I think that we are so and we're looking at each other as you just finished saying what you did, JJ, because we're going so fast sometimes that we're not stopping to do the strategy. You know, where do we go next? Well, and I, uh, let me, let me, uh, sorry, I, I hate to, I hate to break in with my, my, uh, my, my feminine inside and just break <laughs> in here, but that's the reality of what most podcasters do. Feminine which is, what? <laughs> it's a yeah. whole different thing. So for me, it's like, I, I just want to share this because I think that that, it's so critical to know that so, so many people are so busy being busy that they forget that they need to, I'd rather have less episodes, less downloads and less content out there in the world. And in, and in exchange for that, 
have specific content designed around a specific plan for introducing a specific message to your specific market. And without the message, the market, the offer, all of those things, all you're doing is you're just creating content. It's like making, writing a blog and just saying, well, I got another one out there. And literally you could have a thousand blog posts out there and not have one person take action because you don't, not you specifically, but one doesn't have a specific target for what they're trying to accomplish. And that's the biggest thing. And we discovered that in so many of the classes we brought out, people just don't have a plan. And that's the downfall. Thanks to you guys that we're able to catch ourselves, you know, a little sooner than you did. Right. And that's what you're giving us. And for that, I thank you because listening to you guys and really we are following your lead is that we're trying to catch ourselves and start strategizing. And as I was saying, we have an episode or a couple episodes that we're realizing some of our newer ones that have a lot of downloads and I'm not focusing on the downloads. What I'm focusing on is the fact that people are coming back. So we are building that community of people who are anxious to hear what's going on next. And so to me, that's exciting and scary at the same time because in a way I don't want to let them down. Um, And, you know, that might say more about me than it does about the podcast, but I really do truly appreciate the fact that people are tuning in. And so the, the visualization and the plan and the strategizing becomes so much more important right now. And, and, and that's where we are. I'll just add to what Monica said about, about the download part of it. Doug, you were spot on when you told me after a few weeks, after a couple of months, you'll stop looking at, at your analytics uh, three times a day, five times a day. I'm, I'm down to like every other day now. Um, good. But, but one of the things that I've been watching is I don't at all. When I, <laughs> that's when, the I, best. <laughs> when I see an episode spike, yeah. When I see an episode that was just doing okay, and then I don't look at it for a couple of days, and all of a sudden it ends up at the top of the charts, and it's really overperforming or outperforming where it was two weeks ago, I reach out to that guest and I say, hey, have you done a recent blog post? Have you put it on your social channels? And, and sometimes they'll say, yeah, 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 my so-and-so did so-and-so, and we put it on whatever. And I, I get the idea where the where the spike comes from, but just recently, one of our very medium performing, medium to lower performing episodes just hit the top of the charts. Mm-hmm. It tripled, it tripled, and it's been online for about eight weeks, and it just went to the top. And I and I called the guest and I said, "Hey, ha- have you done anything?" And she said, "No." And so that's the kind of things, as you said, that the analytics, as good as they are, sometimes it's a total crapshoot. There's no way really to evaluate it. Well, and the other thing is what could happen is something like something completely obscure, like you get picked up by another podcast distribution source that then you become a big fish in a small pond. The Nice Guys on Business is the example. The Nice Guys on Business was introduced first to Apple Podcasts and as a result of Apple Podcasts carrying it, so did a number of people that pick up their or a number of players that pick up their their feed from you know from Apple, which Overcast is one of them. We quickly rose to the top because we were a big fish in a very small pond, Overcast at the time. And we were the number one business show on Overcast for almost a year. And so as a result of that, we were beating out Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, NPR, and that catapulted us to the top of Overcast. But then our entire audience started moving over to Overcast and we got a million downloads in the same time it took us to get 20,000 downloads. So for us, it was, it was nuts. 
uh, what, you have a bird and you have a bird coming through we're, your mouth. We're, we're in a Riverview uh, hotel room. There's yeah. a ginormous container ship right outside our window. And my wife cannot control herself like a three-year-old at the zoo. <laughs> Waving. So, Waving. Sorry. Any, that's okay. So anyway, so my, I guess my point is the reason for our huge spike in downloads was because we got on a different distribution source having nothing to do with the promotion of our of our guests, but you will find that you will get a lot of solid promotion from your guests if you help them to promote your episodes. And that is really where many of your, uh, much of your community growth is going to come from. JJ? Title your episodes well. Um, If they're boring titles, nobody wants to download them. People are scrolling for, and they're searching keywords and the keywords are going to come up in the episode title or in your podcast title. So also, you know, I, I had a show that I, it was a solo show that I recorded a couple months ago called how to feel better right now. And that did very well because that's what people were looking for. And they were like, here's what's going on in the world. Uh, a show that I did with one of my mastermind members who's been a client now for over two years. Her show is was last week and the show was called Lessons Are Repeated and To Learned. And she's already outperforming some of the bigger name guests I've had in the last couple of weeks. I've had some New York Times bestselling authors, people who've been on, you know, been in the scene for a long time, is very successful and she's outperforming them because of the title of the show. So right you don't want to be vanilla. You want to like give them a reason to click on it because whether it be a question you ask or something like, so next week's show for me is called breath work for healing and stress relief because people want stress relief and they're like, Oh, breath, that should be easy. So I'm hoping that does well also, but never, t- never don't like, look at, well, what is it? My show's title. Like, what is it that people are searching? Why are they clicking on that? Is it's not always the guest half the time it's your title or description because someone who's flipping through they're they're searching for a word. I have a new client that signed up with me a couple months ago who found me because she was searching Dr. Christian Northrup. She found Dr. Northrup on my podcast, listened to my podcast and then hired me. So, you know, when you have a famous person, use their name in the, in the subject, in the title of the show, especially on YouTube, but also on, on your podcast host. And same thing for any other keywords that you have, make them go into the title. So people will find you. Well, to the last time I showed Doug our analytics, he was very fascinated that Apple podcast does not dominate our downloads like they do for his shows. Uh, And, and to kind of add to the, unknowing world of analytics. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden we got a spike in India and we've had more than 900 downloads from India. Now, either they just love our content. I can't even go any further than that. I don't even know why, but I'm thrilled for all of you that are listening in India. We truly appreciate the support. Share it with your friends. We're coming there soon. Don't know when, but looking forward to having a live show in wherever you want us to broadcast from. And JJ and Doug will come with us. And JJ and Doug will come with us. <laughs> okay. And, and Doug, professional podcaster, you have to unmute yourself before yeah, you start I got to it. talk. I got it. Yeah. So, and if I get a chance to go to India to get some authentic Indian food, oh my gosh. <gasps> oh my totally. gosh. I mean, how great would that be, JJ? We love Indian food. So, so I can good. only imagine so what good. authentic Indian food tastes like, my gosh. Well, I, I, I really do want to tell you that it is this whole relationship with you guys, but as we continue to develop in the podcast world, um, how much of a guiding light you continue to be for us. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up anybody's tushy, but we do listen to both of you on the regular and we really do follow your guidance, um, name drop websites whenever we can when we're doing our shows. And, and I, I really do think that 
the the words that I've never listened to myself, but I tell every person who comes to work for me, I always start off and say to them, listen, you're coming to me for a job. Learn from me, do it my way, master it. Once you've gotten there, give me suggestions. And I've never taken those words to heart. It's just not in my personality. Uh, until, Doug, we really started working with you uh, with Turnkey Podcast. And there's no reason to rewrite the script. Between the two of you, we have the formula. And, and JJ, we yearn to have you uh, a, a, an hour off camera with you to be able to help us draw that roadmap. Um, because of all the things that, that um, we have not been able to quantify to teach the photographic community, lo and behold, the first thing that we are introducing as a, as a uh, course is actually going to be on Zoom and on how to produce a proper virtual wedding because they're coming out of our ears right now and we're doing between two and three a week. And uh, this episode will probably air either just before or just after Thanksgiving. But on Monday, before Thanksgiving, next Monday, um, I am producing, I am the virtual director producer for a project for Washingtonian Magazine with Dr. Fauci as our guest. Uh, and that's about as big a wow as I can. And yes, Doug, I figured out how to do it. And, uh, and I'll be certified to do it all by myself in the very near future. And uh, it's really, really cool. And, and if you remember sitting in Santa Barbara wine tasting, you asked us about Zoom. We didn't even know what you were talking about. Well, but yeah. this, goes, this goes back to what, um, Doug, you always tell us too, you know, making money, doing what you love to do. And we have had to uh, just figure out, yes, with these times that are going on, that people are not getting together and having the events that they're normally getting together for. We've become experts of some sort on the on the virtual world see it's 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 so true you get to hear what you what you actually filter and you want to hear i actually said getting to do what you love to do which is making money. <laughs> that was, so for me, you just heard it the way you wanted to hear it, which was totally great. I love it. That's well, perfect. there you go. See, I gave it a little twist. <laughs> that, that was my twist on it. But no, it, it, it really, you know, we, we went into this thinking, okay, we, we will teach uh, virtual classes on photography, on this, on that. And our community has said, you know, we need to learn more about the, how to get together virtually had a, you know, not just one way, you know, so we, and that's something that we really, JJ, from what you're saying about looking at something 360, when it's an event and it's virtual, that's what I want to do. I want the emotions to go both ways. I want to be able to not just, you know, tell people what's happening, but have the people attending be able to reach out to us and, and, and have that emotion, emotional connection. Uh, and, and that's what we're now helping other people do and teaching them and, you know, selling courses on that. Uh, I'll share this for a second, because this is really interesting about the dynamic and the shift, the paradigm shift for you guys. When you came here, um, and we went wine tasting, it was well before the pandemic and you guys were focused very much because you were very busy running your own business. And it was hard to focus on building a podcast while you're building your business and being ultra successful at it too. It, this was just a, Hey, while you're doing this, have another plan so that you have something down the road as a, as a, as a business to come to. 
the virtual environment wasn't even in your world. I asked you the question about Zoom. You were all about, I have no idea what Zoom even is. Now it's not only that, it, and think about it. This is literally six months, seven months since the beginning of this pandemic, three months since you've started a podcast. The entire shift to what am I going to do is becoming clearer to you. It may be, hey, how do I get the, the how do I get both sides of emotion from a virtual event and run the event at the same time. I mean, that would be a great thing for you. I mean, you've run live events, you know, the feel and the vibe of a live event. So you're just trying now to bring that to the, to the virtual world. And what's so great about that is that you already have half, half of it down. You have the live event stuff down. Now you're just putting, injecting the virtual world into that environment. And this a year ago, wasn't even at your, even a possibility. And now it's like, well, where's the opportunity? Wait for it. It will be here. The opportunity yeah. will arrive when the student is ready, I would, I would say. I think one of the, the successes that we're having in the virtual events that we're doing, you just really took the words right out of my mouth, is that we're not selling Zoom weddings. We're selling virtual experiences for your exactly. wedding. Exactly. And, and um, we, 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 we joke about it a lot that it was, it was one of our family weddings that happened Memorial Day weekend that nobody was prepared for. And they asked us, Monica and I, to run the Zoom session, but not be involved with it at all. And literally, when we facilitated the Zoom session, um, our family member was holding up his iPhone to the back of the bride and groom's head in the living room of an apartment. And, and we couldn't mute all because then we would have muted him. And the bride and groom hired a virtual minister and the minister was calling in, not on our Zoom session, so no one could hear the virtual minister. Oh and, and we had family members in our living room while we had this projected on our, our main TV in the house. And JJ, you remember that living room, don't you? And um, <laughs> just, the just the floor of it. <laughs> and um, uh, and we, we, got off the, we got off the Zoom call and we started having a family battle of the pros and cons, but mostly how bad it was uh, because we are event people and we can make a better event experience. Right, and right. so now we're going in with two and three camera shoots and, and we want the, the virtual audience to feel like they are sitting at the wedding or the bar and bat mitzvah as a guest. And we even have, have figured out how to compress the end of the wedding so that the people 30 or 230 people that are, that are sitting in front of a laptop in their living room watching Betty and Bob get married. We, we get them up the aisle. We have the bride and groom look in the camera and blow a kiss to their virtual guests and go right into a, what we call the compressed virtual first dance. We have them go right into a first dance. We have them each give a toast or have a dad do a really quick toast. We have them look in the camera, talk for 30 seconds and say goodbye to everybody and give them a full experience, not just stick a laptop at the, at the ceremony and say, here, it's on Zoom. It's all about the experience. It's and you brought that from your live event familiarity with where are the highlights at these events that I can highlight really literally within the first 30 minutes of this video, because people are not going to, we had a, a good friend that got married. And unfortunately, it was just like we were witnessed from a bird's eye view of this event. And while I love the guy, there was no party, there was no celebration, not, not one that you can really experience from the sofa of your, of, right. your, of your home. But had they done the event exactly as you say, which was, hey, have the ceremony, have it all taken care of, have that first dance, have that, that toast, that might have made for a more 
appealing environment and a more impactful environment for me as a, it's almost like you have to look at people as your viewers or your audience, or instead of just attendees as a guest. Well, certainly, Doug, between between you and I and, and Monica, and, and I know JJ had a whole bunch of hotel experience in the event world as well. You know, we all know what the beginning, middle, and end of an event looks like. It doesn't matter if it's a bar mitzvah, a wedding, a corporate gala, or a sweet 16. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. And, and um, I just booked a wedding for New Year's Day. I'm going to give a shout out to Allison and Patrick for allowing me to help you guys see the light in a different way. Uh, when they got engaged last or when they decided to move their wedding to New Year's Day last week, right? So what are we now? We're in the beginning of November. They're, they were going to get married next year sometime. And now they're getting married in seven or eight weeks. And dad jumped the gun and ran to an AV company to get virtual services. And he, he was very disappointed when he told me that because he had seen my virtual wedding samples and he's like, well, you look at this contract. Well, the company sold him a camera, a tripod, and a microphone. And the client had to provide the person to run the microphone Oops, and camera, please. the laptop, yeah. the Zoom session, the connection. There was nothing um, There was nothing to facilitate and make an actual event. So it's just a very... We're doing our best, Doug. We're doing our best to carry on in the live events world that you and I and all of us have come from to continue that experience in times where we can't all be together. But JJ, I know from the live events side of the world that you have been doing some coaching in person. And I know that this is a difficult time for some people and they can fathom doing that. How has that been for you? What, what has been the response? Uh, how many people did you have with you? I had 13 people at my last retreat, but they're, it, they're part of my mastermind program. So I wasn't, I wasn't doing a live event that was open to the public. It was a live event for an already committed group of people that have been with me all year long. Um, you know, and, and to not go down the political road here um, is that I don't, I don't really subscribe to the narrative. So just to say that, and neither do my people. So I, um, I'm not, I'm not promoting that I'm doing things in a space where, you know, like the majority of the world has fear where I don't, and I don't agree with half the things that are going on. Well, most of my audience agree with me. <laughs> like that's why they're my audience. So what, and so whatever the, the circumstances are, we're, we don't care. Like we're just, we're doing whatever we would do anyway. So I, I'm a little unique in that way, but I did not have a live open event to new people this year. Um, I actually, before the pandemic happened, I had decided that January this year was my last live event until 2021. Now, whether it be intuition that said do that, or just the fact that I wanted to focus on my masterminds, the one Doug and I have and the one that I have to bring you know, people together for a specific purpose, for a, a committed amount of time. At a live event and the live part of that, I'm not coaching people one-on-one -on -one in person. I am doing VIP days. We're doing VIP days. I'm doing my retreats. We're doing our retreats. But again, these are there's an agreement to the group of what they're comfortable with, what they're not. And again, I have a brand that the people that are kind of in my audience know who I am and they're kind of in agreement with that too. So I wouldn't, you know, in terms, I would definitely not recommend anybody who is looking for to put a live event together in the world and like inviting as many people to do that. I just know that my people will come no matter what. Well, and I, I think that a live event is still 
you know, even 13 people, which is great, you know, because you guys, there, there's a trust there, right? You guys know each other and whether you subscribe to what's going on or not, it's still a nice, there's a connection, there's a trust. So you're not, what I meant by asking you how that went was more in the, we can still do this. We can still get together Absolutely. in, in you know, in a, a, a trusting way, a, a safe way, it's not going to stop. And I think that that is something that we're doing on our side with our, whether it be the social or the corporate, you know, we're letting people decide what is good for them. And so we are mixing the two. We're doing the virtual and we're doing the in-person and being as safe as we possibly can. And, and I guess that's what I, that's what I was referring to. Alrighty then. Yeah. And I think it's brilliant what you guys are doing. I think it's brilliant. So you have a fit to love logo over your shoulder that I'm looking at. And you said you have an episode about learn to breathe. And I think if you put those together into one show and one concept, you could have learn to breathe so you can be fit to love or flip it around and you could be fit to love so you can learn to dream, learn to breathe. I think you got a whole thing you're missing here, JJ. It's all could, marketing and spinning the words. You could just be fit to breathe. <laughs> or just fit to breathe. I love that. I love that. And on fit to breathe, uh, I, think, uh, I think we have exhausted this love fest and uh, I cannot thank you guys enough, Monica. And I truly appreciate how busy you guys are. We pulled off the East-West connection and, uh, and, and really appreciate the time, the guidance, the love, the mentoring we have gotten from both of you to help us along with our visual well uh, journey. Well, oh, congratulations on all yeah. your success. I think you guys are doing exactly, you know, it's unfolding the way that is perfect and right for you. And I love hearing that you're creating new things for people that they're asking for you to help them with. Well, yeah, it's awesome to uh, follow your lead and I can't wait till we're all together again, you know, having that wine and just back to Santa Barbara. We go there. You go. finding another B and B with chickens. <laughs> Love hey, it. That sounds good. Sounds good to us. Thanks for having us on your show. Enjoy it. And uh, just continue this, uh, this, this movement forward. You guys, you're doing great. Keep it up. Love you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. To the Visual Wild listening audience, thank you so much for joining us yet again. Monica and I truly appreciate the support. We appreciate the emails. Uh, the love does go a long way with us. Thanks again so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Visual Wow. If you like what you heard, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and tell your friends. Go to visualwow.com for more info. If you didn't like what you heard, just keep it to yourself. Know a pro we should be talking to on the show? Drop us a line. Talk with you next time on Visual Wow.